Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul thirsts this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to know you as I am known. My soul thirsts to know you better and better. And so, Lord, I thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for granting us the privilege to come into your presence again this morning. Thank you for the privilege to worship the one who is good, whose mercies endures forevermore. Scripture says your mercies are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. Thank you to the God who keeps covenant. You said that as long as your agreements with the ordinances have not been broken, so that there is still night and day, you said your covenant is still intact. And so we thank you this morning because you keep covenants. Thank you for the covenant that we have with you in Christ Jesus. We bless you this morning, Master. We bless you this morning, ancient of days. We bless you this morning, King of glory. We bless you this morning, Lord of lords. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. You loved us. You gave us Jesus. Thank you, O God. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence, reading your word, we ask, Lord, bless us once again with your presence, grant us understanding, and open the scriptures up to our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy. So, we began reading the New Testament yesterday. We read three chapters and it's been interesting. We'll continue reading, but I have decided what I think I want us to do when we, con- when we complete read- reading the New Testament. Okay? So, what about taking on an harmony of the New Testament? Just think about it. So you find out that um, so each of the accounts of the things you see, different things are said about them, um, and each person gives their own account. So how would you like to, for example, this morning, Matthew chapter 4 talks about the temptation of Jesus. So how would you like to take a, read the New Testament while reading the accounts of the temptation of Jesus? So we won't just read only Matthew's. We'll read what Matthew said about the temptation of Jesus, what Luke said about the temptation of Jesus, and Mark said about the temptation of Jesus. Okay, so um, that's the next week we're going to study in the New Testament, and I'm promising you it's going to be interesting. We call this the harmony of the gospel, the harmony of the gospel. So just keep this notice somewhere. We'll be true. We'll come to that where we read through. Uh, to the book of Revelation. So today we are reading Matthew chapter 4 and 5. Hopefully we'll read Matthew chapter 6. Remember I said that we are focused on reading now 
so we don't have to finish at a particular chapter so employ this also when you read through the bible you don't have to finish just have a marker okay where you a, a page marker is fine where you just mark this is where i stopped to read it and that's fine if we can finish on a particular chapter that would be awesome okay so let's read matthew chapter 4 the beginning of jesus's ministry matthew chapter 5 we see him that wonderful sermon on the mount where he shared the beatitudes also so let's read the temptation of jesus then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry during that time the devil came and said to him if you are the son of god tell these stones to become loaves of bread but jesus told him no the scripture says People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. <laughs> so I would have loved to be giving us the various scriptures that the devil was quoting, right? Um, he just quoted Psalm 91, okay? Um, he will give his angels charge over you so that you do not hurt your foot against a stone, a stone that is found in, in Psalm 91, okay? Um, Jesus responded when he said... Um, when he told Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to turn into bread. But Jesus responded by quoting Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8 verse 3. That, but people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, so the devil can quote scriptures. <laughs> okay, so just because uh, he's quoting the scripture does not mean... It is God. You always have to test the spirits. Hmm? He said, so you won't have to, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus is respond. Jesus responded. The scripture also says, in other words, Jesus responds with another scripture. The scripture also says, you must not test, you must not test the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 next verse 8 next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory i will give it all to you he said if you will kneel down and worship me get out of here satan jesus told him for the scripture says you must worship the lord your god and serve only him. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13. So Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6 twice and Deuteronomy chapter 8 telling you that he is very grounded in the Pentateuch. Yes, the first five uh, books of our own Bible, okay, are the books of, of the Hebrew Bible also, okay. So um, Jesus quotes all of that. He says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away 
and angels came and took care they took care of Jesus verse 12 when Jesus heard that John had been arrested so this is why an harmony of the scripture is interesting right so we will be able to read the all of the accounts and the intrigues obviously some things happened before Matthew just jumped <laughs> So when John had been arrested, some things happened. John too was baptizing and all of that. He does not capture all of that. We will go through everything when we do the harmony, the harmony of the gospel. When John, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. Yes, in the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. You find this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, verse 1, 2, verse 1 and 2. Since from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Oh, the kingdom of heaven is coming soon, depending on the version you are reading. One day, verse 18, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for the fish for a living. So one of the things I love about the harmony of the gospel is you notice that the accounts of, was it the accounts of Luke that said it was Andrew that actually saw Jesus first, okay, and then brought Peter to, to him. Um, and there are those who say, so why is there um, a, a difference, um, a similar difference in the accounts? It's possible for both accounts to happen, okay? One, Andrew had seen him first, um, and then maybe he had met Simon Peter and then this particular day okay so one day as jesus was walking along the shore of the sea of galilee he saw two brothers he didn't there's nothing there that says it was the first time he was meeting them he saw two brothers simon also called peter and andrew throwing a net into the water for the fish for a living jesus called out to them come follow me and i will make and i will show you how to fish for people Aha. So when you read the harmony of the gospel, you realize that Jesus already met them before. Okay? So this wasn't out of the blues. <laughs> and they left their nest at once and followed him. A little further, verse 21, a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat where their father Zebedee, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to to come, to come to. They immediately followed him, leaving the boats and their father behind. Verse 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, 
teaching in the synagogue and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Hmm. News about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick and whatever their sickness or disease or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns or the Decapolis, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea and from east of the Jordan River. Hallelujah. All right, so that's Matthew chapter 4. Now, Matthew chapter 5 is a sermon on the mount. Since one day, as he saw the crowd, he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountain side and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and began, and he began to teach them. Okay, so when he says one day, from the call of the of the, these four disciples, obviously. <laughs> There were other events, okay? So don't worry. You enjoyed the harmony of the, let me leave the harmony of the gospels aside. Let's focus on region. So he and he began to teach them the Beatitudes. God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Poor here is not poor in terms of um possessions, it is talking about being being poor in spirit okay that need for god realizing i need god he says the kingdom of of heaven is yours those who hunger and test after righteousness the bible says they will be filled okay so this is not that god blesses those who are poor and so because of that you want to be poor no verse 4 god blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Hmm? <laughs> Remember now, so Revelation comes to mind, right? When you read verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you, and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, uh, remember that uh, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. In other words, persecution should be normal for the believer. Okay? Don't feel ostracized by the fact that you are persecuted or your opinions or your perspective to life because you are a Christian and not accepted. It is normal. You are opposite to the world. Okay? It's as simple as that. Okay? And so, 
the light you carry, the world will likely reject. Okay, so let's move on. Verse 15, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Hmm. It will be thrown out and trampled under as what underfoot as worthless. Remember, you are the salt of the earth. Eh? Just today, just think about what salt does. We are the salt of the earth. 14. You are the light of the world. The same thing. Think about what light does to any environment it is it is in. It illuminates. It gives brightness. It gives it gives joy. You know, it makes you glad. Okay, when light is in it, when there's darkness, okay, everybody everything is just gloomy. We are the light of the world. It says you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Eh? We can't be hidden when we carry God's light. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your light shine. Yes, I am saying to someone this morning, let your light shine. Don't hide your light. Don't hide the fact that you are a child of God. No, no one lights a lamp. God does not save us and then wants to hide us. That's why we don't become born again and go straight to heaven. No, we are supposed to shine in this world. Verse 17, don't misunderstand why I have come. Jesus talking now. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses all the writings of the prophets. Jesus already made that clear. I did not come to abolish them. Instead, he came to fulfill them. Hmm? No, I came to accomplish their purpose. That's what it means to fulfill them. 18. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Okay? Unless the purpose has been achieved. And many times you realize that what happened to the laws Christians are saying are, um, should not apply anymore is because they have been achieved. Especially the ceremonial side of the Jewish laws. They have been achieved. They have been accomplished by Jesus, the Lamb of God, dying on that cross. 19. So if you ignore the least commandment, and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Ah, hey, I don't want to be called that. <laughs> Let me read it again. If you ignore the least commandment, and t- if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I want to be called great. What about you? <laughs> 20 but i warn you unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the pharisees <laughs> you will never enter the kingdom of heaven hmm. oh god you it is well <laughs> okay let's go teaching about anger verse 21 you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder if you commit murder you are subject to judgment okay exodus chapter 20 verse 13 Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 17. But Jesus 
but I say, Jesus also still speaking, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, a fool, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse, curse someone, hmm, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Does that mean, ah, pastor, I cannot even disagree with my brother? That's not the purpose of what Jesus is saying here. Okay, um, that's not the purpose. But cursing one another for no just reason, okay, it's, it's not our nature. We are love personified because God is love. Verse 23, so if you are presenting a sacrifice, and I love this part about Jesus' teaching, at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, someone has something against you, not that you have something against someone, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Hey, I hope some of us will even keep this standard. This <laughs> is when you are on the way to court with your adversary. Settle your differences quickly. Oh. Hmm. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, well, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Hmm. Let's teachings about adultery you have heard the commandment that say you must not commit adultery yes you must not you must not commit adultery exodus chapter 20 verse 14 deuteronomy chapter 5 verse verse 18 says but i say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart so if your eye even your good eye causes you to lust gouge it out and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell i have had people ask me this question is jesus saying that we should be mutilating our bodies no that is not what jesus is saying here jesus is saying that we should be drastic we should be determined in our um in decision to, to stop things in their tracks before they they really get down to destroying us okay so he's saying that look you must be willing to cut off things cut off habits cut off things that lead you to sin okay uh, before they eventually enter into your hearts okay because eventually that's where all sins come from not the body itself very important he will teach about that later so he says um it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into fire into hell and if your hand even your stronger hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Next teaching about divorce, verse 31, you have heard the law that says a man can divorce can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of, of divorce, Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless he has uh, unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits also commits adultery okay remember he's talking about those who 
are divorced unlawfully okay in other words they are not yet divorced anyone who marries such a person okay is committing adultery because jesus actually gives grounds for divorce let's go on teachings about vows you have also heard that our ancestors were told you must you must not break your vows you must carry out the vows you make uh, to the Lord. <laughs> this one was very, very funny. Numbers chapter 30, verse 2. Don't worry, we will talk about we will we'll talk about this in one of Jesus' teachings when we read later. Jesus 34. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by uh, do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his full stone. And do not say by Jerusalem. For Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head. For you can't even turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will. Or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Next, teaching about revenge. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and the truth for a truth or gamosis. Okay, <laughs> Leviticus chapter 3. Chapter 24, verse 20, Moses gave them this law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You find this also in, in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 21. Say, but I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. <laughs> if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want who want to borrow next teaching about love for enemies you have heard the lord that says love your neighbor and hate your enemies i don't know where that one came from <laughs> uh, love your neighbors and hate your enemy but i say love your enemies pray for those who persecute you in that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect okay so jesus is not saying that our perfection must measure up to god's perfection by saying that we must be perfect as god is perfect he is just lining up with what he has just said about god you know allowing sunlight and rain to come both on those who are good and those who are evil and he's saying we must be able to do the same thing we must be able to love okay not only love those who are good to us Love even those who use us, despisefully use us. No, love them also. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. You see, reading the Bible is interesting, right? Interesting and simple. Before you know it, we are through with the book of Matthew. Teaching about giving to the needy. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. <laughs> For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Hmm? So as if God will punish you, uh, but you will lose your reward. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. He's not saying don't do your good deeds publicly. That's not what he's saying. He's saying don't do. There are two things. 
don't do your good deeds publicly with the intention to be admired. So you can do your good deeds publicly. Okay. Right? It's possible. You can do it publicly and it's not your intention to be admired. Or you are not even seen. Okay? Even though the good deed is being done publicly. Okay? So, uh, so the emphasis here is to be admired. For you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. Verse 2. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the rewards they will ever get. <laughs> but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gift in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Wow. Very good, wonderful teaching. Next, teaching on prayer and fasting. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogue where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. This one is terrible, right? I can oh, my reward just being the act of praying, which is what is happening to a lot of us. <laughs> you see us be doing as if the most important thing is the prayer. The most important thing is not the prayer. The most important thing is the answer to the prayer. <laughs> so whether the prayer is done in secret or it is done and as if you are scattering the whole ground and shouting, shouting, as if that is what is important. It is whether God answers you <laughs> and the God you are praying to can hear your, your heartbeat, can hear your thoughts. Can you imagine? He can hear your thoughts. Okay, so what is all this one that you are so so focused on? You must shake the old ground for everybody to run. He says, I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. Verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. 7. When you pray, don't double, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. God is not say, Jesus is not saying that we should just be reciting this, reciting this. No. He's giving us a model for prayer. Prayer is first of all a relationship with God, our Father in heaven. Okay? So if there's no relationship with God, there is no prayer. Right? <laughs> our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come, which is what happens, happens in the book of Revelation. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you for Jesus, so that is the model of prayer Jesus gives us. And he's saying our prayers should cover different, different areas of our lives. But the focus is first of all a relationship with God. God knows everything you need. Okay? Knows everything you need. So let your prayer every morning be focused on a relationship with God. Let God know how you are. Talk to him also. Praise him and worship him. That is 
what prayer first of all is. Jesus says, verse 14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disabled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. 17. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you, will reward you. Hallelujah. All right, let's stop here. We'll continue from here to tomorrow. Um, if there's one word that keeps jumping at me today, is that your father who knows what you do in private. <laughs> God knows what we do in private. God knows what is done in secret. And he that knows what is done in secret rewards openly. I pray God will reward you openly in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless you for our reading today. Thank you for for everything that we have learned today. You have shown us how to treat one another, how to treat our neighbor. Lord, you've shown us how to pray. We ask this morning, help us to continue to build our relationship with you. Help us to know you better and better in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you said that we are the light of the world. I pray for everyone listening in this morning that our light will shine brighter and brighter. Lord, we will display the fragrance of Jesus to the world and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.